Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get things started today, I just want to give a special shout out to Title Fights Shed. Happy 10 year anniversary for that record. Man, saying that just sounds so crazy because it just makes me feel old. But Title Fight is such a special band to me. I, uh, if you've ever seen me in person, um, at some point you'll see me in person. On the glasses that I'm wearing right now, I have Title Fight engraved in my glasses. So I carry that band with me every single day. If you go to my website, jmerk.com, the header says the last thing you forget, which is me just paying tribute to Title Fight. Just such a special band to me. So to hit this milestone, a 10 year anniversary for a record that feels like it just came out yesterday. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, which is so insane to me, but it's so awesome. So shout out to Title Fight. Go stream Shed, go show it some love. It's an amazing record front to back. But also for anybody who's a fan of Orange County Hardcore, if you think back to the episode 100 special that I did with Jeremy from Fury, and I can't remember if I, or if we talked about this on air or off air, but I had asked him about the song Birds of Paradise, just because I had curiosity because there's a magic card out there titled Birds of Paradise, and I was just curious if there was any relation but we talked about a birds of paradise music video and that was that was years ago at this point and i still had hope for it to come out and today's that day so if you head over to the run for cover records youtube page you can go stream the official music video for birds of paradise by fury and it's it's awesome i'm so happy that it finally made its debut i'm happy that it didn't sit in some vault somewhere for us to have never seen. So shout out to Run For Cover Records and shout out to Fury for finally releasing it. I'm so stoked and so happy that it's out there. And also if you head over to the Run For Cover Records web store, there's a Birds of Paradise trucker hat and promotional poster on sale. And all proceeds from the sale are going directly to China Whitaker and Dante Wright Jr. A great cause and I'm happy that Fury's out there um, still working hard and fighting the good fight. So shout out to Fury and Run For Cover Records for doing this. And this episode is brought to you by From Within Records, such an awesome record label. This summer is going to be insane. One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2, such an awesome lineup of bands. If you're familiar with Volume 1, you know what's going to go down in the summer. It's going to be so sick. Also, we're still waiting on new music from Payback, Shackled, MH Chaos. It's going to be sick once it finally drops. This month, in a couple weeks, we're going to get a split from Gridiron and Despise, which I couldn't be any more excited for. So shout out to those bands for coming together and promoting the Worldwide Brotherhood. It's, it's going to be a sick split, and I seriously am so pumped for that. So like I always say, support from within records because they support us oh and also if you're not following from within records on social media go boot up your twitter your instagram and hit that follow button and stay up to date on all the current news on today's episode we had to track down fleming he plays in a band called modern color and this is this has been a long time coming we both live in southern california we have a ton of mutual friends and I had never really interacted with Fleming before the podcast, but it's uh, it was so awesome to finally be able to sit down and have a real conversation with him. I'm happy to be able to call him a friend at this point. So if you're a fan of Modern Color, you'll enjoy this podcast. If you're not familiar with Modern Color, 
I highly suggest you hit pause, go stream from the leaves of your garden, and then come back. You'll enjoy Fleming's story. It's cool to hear about the band from his perspective. So strap in, enjoy this conversation, and without further ado, welcome Fleming to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Fleming. How's it going? Doing well, dude. Thank you for having me. No, I'm I'm stoked that you're down to come on the podcast because obviously, um, uh, both of us, uh, you know, living down here in Southern California, and you playing in a prominent band. I, I think it's cool that you're down to do the podcast. Oh, dude, absolutely. Any chance that I can talk about our band? <laughs> Fucking the hell down. Okay. Well, um, I, I want to build up to that because um, I don't um, because I, I don't know a whole lot about you. We have like a ton of mutual friends, and I've obviously mm-hmm. seen you around. So I'm curious. Likewise. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious about you and um, your upbringing. Like, did you grow up out here? Yeah, uh, I actually grew up in San Pedro for most of my life, and then um, yeah. Aside from like being like 20 and on, I started living in Long Beach. But yeah, I've been around for pretty much my whole life and what about you uh, for me i grew up in the the palm springs area so it's uh you know little ways okay. out there you know not a whole lot going on but yeah I, I grew up in the palm springs area lived there till i was uh 21 and then i moved to orange county oh nice did you have family out here or was it just kind of like i'm just gonna move no dude it, it was it was just on a whim because uh at the time um, my buddy and i we were just kind of feeling like pretty like bored with life so mm-hmm. we were just like, okay, like let's try to like mix it up and do something new. And and just at that time, we had kind of, um, you know, met these group of friends um, that were you know going to shows. So we found ourselves driving out to uh, L.A., Orange County, like you know, almost every weekend. So we just kind of um, saw like, okay, we're, we're still kind of young. We're, we don't really have anything tying us down here besides our mm-hmm. family. Like, let's try something else. Let's try to move out there. So sure enough, we uh, moved out and uh, never really looked back. Dude, that's so sick. I always have such like, I don't know, a fondness for people who are like, I'm just sick of where I'm at. I need to change this. And they just go because that that I like I can't do that kind of shit. <laughs> I think about too, too much too often. Can't leave. Okay, I'm, I'm curious for you because I'm, I'm out in the Palm Springs area. It was like a weird stigma to stick around after you became an adult. You were kind of mm-hmm. like like looked down upon, kind of like a loser. Um, if you stayed in the desert, um, so it was it was kind of like uh, this thing where like okay, uh, everybody like you know we have to leave or um, we're gonna be looked at as like a loser or a failure. So that was mm-hmm. like some weird like little motivation. But honestly, like, as I got older and I kind of realized it doesn't matter um, if you were to leave your hometown or not. Um, it doesn't mean you're a loser or you're cool or you made it. Like I, I have family and friends who never left and are doing completely fine. Right. It's kind of situational. I feel like weirdly enough if uh like a lot of people in san pedro have that same kind of stigma either like they'll live and die in pedro and like that's like part of the motto Mm -hmm. or it's you know the other side like 
oh man, if you stay in Pedro, like you're just kind of like a burnout or whatever. But then again, like, I don't know, like with the internet, you can be anywhere, you know, in touch with anyone at any given time. So there's really no need to, I don't know. If you're comfortable, be comfortable. <laughs> I got like, if you need, I got the itch to go and go. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think having generalized views on people is just kind of whack to begin with. Yeah. And honestly, I, I kind of feel like uh, where you're at, you, you're kind of like tucked, f- like, you know, far away or like far enough away from everything to kind of just like, you know, kind of just get away from all the BS. But you're still mm-hmm. like close enough to if anything's going on, like you know, to, to travel to Orange County or, uh, you know, to any part of L.A., it's not that bad of a drive for you. Right. My mom actually lives out in Apple Valley. So same idea, but like just towards Vegas. And it's yeah, it's like close enough. Like I had to live out there with her for a little while and it wasn't too bad. Like I was in L.A. in like an hour and a half. Like I could still do what I had to. It wasn't, you know, wasn't the worst. So I don't, I don't know. Plus, I I hear like Palm Desert is low key becoming like a pretty big city, <laughs> just like a big region in general, because people are kind of just expanding out that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be playing shows in fucking Palm Springs. <laughs> Dude, that was a dream for uh you know teenage jamie um mm-hmm. i i would have killed to have like a consistent flow of shows because I, I honestly felt like it was always um like we kind of look at it like you know this one could be the last because it was always such a struggle to to get somebody in the position who'd even want to you know book shows since it, it took so much responsibility and a lot of work so right. we had a, a, a you know like a couple key people who uh were willing to do that like i always reference um my buddy steve kipple and then my buddy uh justin um who, who did stuff uh, towards the tail end of my uh, stint back home but um you know on, on top of like having to put somebody in that role but trying to keep a steady venue that was th- that was always the issue like we never had like a real like legit venue it was just like this rotating mm-hmm. um like kind of like a circus because like we had like my favorite spot ever was this place called um Rockafire, it was yeah, Rockafire Pizza, and it was like this. Uh, it was like this, ca- like the building was shaped like a castle. You know, it was like there was like you know these like fake walls outside just to make it look like a castle. And like mm-hmm. downstairs was kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese type place, but upstairs was just this giant um, empty banquet hall that you could rent out for events. And we had probably some of our best shows up there. And then other than that, it started just you know random YMCA's. My buddy uh, Kobe's dad let us do shows in his warehouse, like after the business. It was like some, I think it was like a tile business. And once the business closed, they would just let us use the warehouse. And you could literally see all the materials just in the rafters. And it, it was That's so tight. <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool for, for, for the time being. But I always wish uh-huh. that there was like, you know, that we had like a legendary venue, like a chain reaction or even like a, a, a consistent DIY spot, you know, something like program or just anything. But it, it was right. it was just never consistent. And and like bands were aware of like you know the palm springs area because like they'd have to drive through it to get to arizona right if you're coming from totally. like you know orange county or la trying to get to arizona you would pass through so bands would uh you know uh, be okay to do like an off day uh, type deal so mm-hmm. um it wasn't it wasn't ever like a destination but like you know like we managed to get some cool bands down there at the time but um yeah like i i i, I do see it developing because there's uh they're about to build a hockey arena out there which is pretty crazy oh, shit. yeah that's right yeah and, and, and specifically in palm desert which is so weird because it palm desert like palm desert I, I i like to think is like the middle of like the entire valley because like one mm-hmm. end you'll have like like coachella and then the other end is like palm springs and then there's all these like different cities in between but i always like to think that like palm desert is kind of in the middle right 
I've, I spent a little bit of time out there as a kid. Um, I can't think, I think it was Indio was the city name technically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I mean, at, at that time, I, I just remember it being, <laughs> I remember like not really getting out of like the city. So seeing that was like weird suburbia ville in the middle of the desert. And it was always just like, why there's so many golf courses, <laughs> you know, like who the fuck's coming out here? Who, who lives here? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool to see. I don't know. I, it, I hope music expands. I hope this pandemic kind of like shifts more people to wanting to book shows, even if it's on like a DIY level, just to like do more, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that just bringing up small towns like that, that don't really get the uh, kind of like circuit that like LA would is, I don't know. It's kind of hopeful. <laughs> that's just something i've been kind of thinking about recently but yeah because yeah, yeah it, it could like you know present a situation where i'm not really like like oversaturation but um it, it could be t- to the point where there's like you know so many bands in one area at one time where they would want to maybe expand to these like lesser known spots or these like you know less traveled areas just to right. you know, maybe try to um, gain some new fans or you know just start up something new or just you know see what's going on right but okay, so you you grew up um you know out in San Pedro where you're at now. Um, at, at what point did you take an interest in music? Um, my mom and dad were both like super into punk. They had their own band. They played in Long Beach and around. And then um, like it's just been kind of ingrained in ever since I was you know super young. Like I had just been around my mom playing guitar, and I kind of just like. I don't know. It was all I knew, you know, like there's mm-hmm. like that one thing. If you're super into sports and your dad's into sports, then you'll probably pick up a football. And that's just kind of where my head was at. And then, yeah, I started playing guitar and then I just never stopped. And that's kind of just like wanted to pursue. I never really thought about doing anything else. <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, that that's pretty awesome to hear because uh, to, to just kind of have that with you like your whole life and, you know, fast forward to now and uh, that's what you're doing. You're, you know, playing in a band that, that's touring, going all over the world. I, I think that's pretty cool. Thanks. I, I feel incredibly lucky to have parents that are like in support of it because I know mm. you hear all those, you know, often you hear like my family wasn't into it. They were, you know, parents are constantly upset with me or whatever. And yeah, I know it's always been, you know, loving support from the get so yeah i'm very fortunate which is kind of why i'm like well i should push myself to do this as hard as possible if i have the backing like why not you know yeah and especially since it's kind of you know been around you your whole entire life so i'm sure you're like super familiar with it right i mean i don't know i (laughs) i can go tell my like grandma you know hey we're over here and she's like oh cool you know it's it's not this like weird I don't know. It's pretty accepted in my family, so it makes it a lot easier to do, which is nice. No, I, I can totally imagine that because when I was younger, just starting to go to shows and trying to explain to my mom that this older dude with tattoos is going to pick me up and you know take me <laughs> two hours west uh, somewhere that she's never been or you know with people that she's never really met or um, really know. And pulls up in the broken down Camry and you're like, all right, my adolescent teen. <laughs> yeah. And, and my mom just wondering like, well, like, what do you mean you're going to a show? Like you have school tomorrow. Like, what are you like actually doing? And then I would like show her videos and, and she was like, uh, like not really comfortable with it in the beginning. Cause uh, you know, it just looked like, you know, super violent. And she thought that since we were doing violent stuff like that, that we were out like robbing and stealing, 
but I was just like, that's not what we do. We literally only have enough time to go to the show and get back because we all have school and work tomorrow. So it's not like we have a whole lot of time to do other stuff while we're out on the road. So, right. um, yeah, so it, it, it took a while to, to get comfortable with it. And then she kind of realized that it, it like wasn't going to be a phase, that it was something that I actually uh, was going to do for like a while. Uh, she just kind of accepted it and kind of realized uh, that I wasn't getting in any trouble. And I was just, you know, I'm actually just going somewhere and being safe with my friends. Uh, versus out, you know, doing, uh, you know, who knows what she, she always had like this weird because she she would always watch these like Lifetime movies where like, you know, the, the kids end up like beating up the parents and like doing weird right. stuff. So her biggest fear was that I would turn out like a Lifetime movie kid. But I was just like, you dude, smoke weed and kill your family, that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like, I'm like way more chill than that. Like, I, I'm not going to like, I'm, I was like, I've never hit you before. I've never gotten that angry at you. So um, for you to have this weird, like irrational fear that I'm just going to one day come in and just like, you know, kill everybody. That's not it's not going to happen. That's that, that's funny. I remember, like, of course, everyone kind of growing up in that scene, you'll have a few friends where they had to, like, sneak out for every show. <laughs> or, you know, like, no one can find out that they have, like, one little tattoo on their arm or, you know, shit like that. It's funny. Were your parents super, like, anti, like, uh, tattoos, like, Yo, that kind of thing? Yeah, my mom. Because <laughs> my mom, uh, she, because, uh, like, we have some family members who, uh, you know, are, like, you know, kind of like rougher and like, you know, like they have tattoos and they kind of do like, you know, some bad stuff. And she was always afraid right. that I was going to end up like them. And she would just like stereotype, oh, like anybody with tattoos is, uh, you know, a troublemaker. So, um, and, you know, me being a young kid and hanging out with a bunch of older people that had tattoos and just kind of being around like that culture, like going to a tattoo shop to watch my friend get his sleeve outlined and, uh, you know, just kind of being around that. Um, you know, when I was a lot younger, I, I'm, like that 100% influenced me to wanting to get tattoos because uh, before I, you know, I always just saw, you know, like Popeye or like pirates with like tattoos, you know, but then once I got into like the subculture right. and started, it became normal. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'll, I'll eventually do that. So yeah, I remember I got my first tattoo and it, it was on my chest and I, I hit it for, for my mom for the longest time. And one day I was like walking out of the bathroom, like I'd just taken a shower and I thought I was covering Classic. it. Yeah, I, I thought I was covering it with like <laughs> like the towel and like my bundle of clothes that I was holding. But like one letter was kind of like hanging out and she saw that and freaked out and she was like yelling at me about it. But then she eventually kind of realized that, OK, cool. This is another thing that he's into that he's just not going to stop. And then funny enough, fast forward to this day, she has ended up getting tattoos herself. So it's like, Aha. yeah, she gave me so much crap for it way back then. But then um, once it became like way more normal and like, you know, for the entire world, I feel like she felt a little more oh, comfortable yeah. getting it as well. You know, that's cool. That's nice to change a heart <laughs> to come full circle there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nice, but, um, but that's cool. But I, I'm glad that, you know, you, your family's understood and, uh, you know, has given you that support because that, I feel like that just to have like encouragement and, you know, that kind of love, like, you know, will help out a lot. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, to come home from like a super long tour or something like that. And like your home base is like rooting for you. Like what more could you really like? How could you want to stop? Even You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's cool. I very thankful for that. OK, so I, I'm, I'm curious, how many bands have you been in before Modern Color? Um, Honestly, not too many. I was so Vince and I uh, played in like a metalcore band when we were both kind of like early high school late middle school mm -hmm. and that's when we you know started to like play shows and really branch out and then i think maybe there's a year or so in between where i played with like a different band 
And then honestly, we kind of just started Modern Color. There's a different version of Modern Color before this. And yeah, it's basically, I've just been playing music events <laughs> for like, since we were in like middle school. That's, that's about that. Okay, shout out Vince. I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to our episode like a couple of months ago, but oh, yeah. I, I told him about how I found out about Modern Color, which was like the the most like random way. But um, you know, I'll I'll never forget it. Uh, do you want me to retell the story? Please. Okay, I was uh, working for this uh, th- this merch company, right? And mm-hmm. they, they they had me deliver to like our like sister company um, out in uh, I, where the hell was it? Uh, it was somewhere out in LA. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Um, we're just like uh, I was getting help from uh, people working at the other company unloading this truck, and I, I think I was wearing like an incendiary T-shirt. And one of the guys uh, um, helping me unload was like, "Yo, like I'm a uh, sick shirt. I play in a band. You should check us out." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like, what's your band name?" He's like, "Oh, like Modern Color." And I was like, "Oh, okay. That that sounds interesting. Like, I'll I'll, I'll check it out." And it was it was Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So so Chris was like, yeah, like I'm um, used to check out my band Modern Color. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, thanks. I'll I'll, I'll check it out. And you know, that's how I, I found out about you guys. And that's where I started following you guys, like your guys's band. Just just that one random day at work, you know, no, um, no idea. I was just going out there, just trying to get this stuff delivered, and w- run into one of your bandmates, and you know, I'm him promoting it, which is totally cool, you know, because obviously Dude, that's sick. Word yeah. of mouth, baby. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because awesome. uh, he saw you know me wearing a hardcore uh, you know T-shirt and figured I'd be um, you know into the music so i i started following you guys from there so like yeah um no shameless uh plug he was just down just to talk music and i, I thought that was super cool and, and you know pretty humbling you know just to tell some random person hey check out my band and you know and with no weird ego or anything dude that's sick i i love that i i try to do the same thing if someone like mentions something that they're into or they're a part of i'm like i'll check it out like i, I don't know that that's awesome both ways mm-hmm. that's cool so you were probably up in what Van Nuys or like in the valley or something. Yeah. That must have been when he yeah. Yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And and dude, those drives were the worst because nobody because driving from Costa Mesa all the way out there, nobody wanted uh, to, to do it. And it, it was just so bad. I I remember one time uh my boss, like I, I this is when I work like two jobs and mm-hmm. I I rolled into a um to my second job, which was the the merch spot and uh, one of the bosses was like, yo, like we need you to drive up to, um, to killer merch and drop off some stuff. And I was like, dude, I have to go to the movies tonight. Like I already got tickets, like, you know, bought. And this is like when beauty and the beast, like the live remake was like just coming oh, out. Shit. So uh-huh. I had like, you know, tickets pre-purchased and I was just like, I, I, I can't miss this. I already have plans. And he's like, don't worry. Like if you leave now, um, you'll be able to, you'll get there and come back even with traffic and here I'll, I'll give you like, you know, um, some money uh, just to do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'll do it. And then it was a it was a disaster. I was like, I was like on the five, like passing like La Mirada, and it was like eight o'clock, and like my movie was at eight, and I was like, this uh, this I was like whatever. I was like, I, I was kind of upset because I didn't get to see the movie when I wanted to, but I was like whatever. I, I made like more money than the movie ticket cost. So I was like, oh, this, I was about to say. yeah. So I was like, I was like, I was like, it, it's a minor loss, but I was like whatever. And then I I stroll in it to like I finally get back to the warehouse like closer to nine. I was like, this Jesus is this is terrible. Christ. Yeah, that reminds me of. Uh, did you ever go to the White Oak up in uh, uh, Van Nuys? Yeah. Shows? Mm-hmm. Every time driving on a Friday like afternoon, it would just be like an hour and a half, two hours, just from like Torrance all the way up to Van Nuys, just to just to play White Oak. I I missed that place more than anything because it was mm-hmm. one of the fucking coolest venues. Shout out Evan, um, but yeah. 
I, I hate, like, I want to leave this area so bad because it sucks to do anything. Mm-hmm. But where do you go? <laughs> where do you go? Yeah, I, I, I think like the, the last time I remember like hitting bad traffic driving up to White Oak, it, it was for the God's Hate Mass Murder CD release show. Okay, damn. Pretty sure, yeah, it was for Mass Murder. It, it was up there, and I was just like, this. Like I, I remember being so frustrated. I was like, I was like Tris, this traffic sucks, but I'm like, okay, it's gonna be worth it. I, you know, I just gotta gotta look for like the end game. It's gonna, you know, I'm, I'm driving out here with the purpose, uh, and uh, th- this traffic is just trying to get in the way of my fun. <laughs> right. Got to stay focused on the goal. Wait, so do you play in bands? Do you play music? No, no. I, I honestly, I'm not that talented to play any instrument. And the the amount of work that it takes to actually do a band, I, I wouldn't want to ask anybody to try to you know get involved because because I wouldn't be <laughs> I, I wouldn't be dedicated because I'm just busy enough as it is, you know. Fair so, enough. So so I, I get it. it. It would be fun, like uh, you know, being in a band. I, I I used to be in bands, and it was fun for the time. But yeah, right now I just. Mm. I just know my my limits and I just wouldn't have time and I, and I wouldn't want to waste anybody else's time either. You know, I respect that a lot. <laughs> it, yeah, definitely. I feel like doing anything like if you can't devote your time to it, then like why half ass it? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, for with other people involved, like I would just feel like a, like a piece of crap, you know, to to, to <laughs> kind of like lie to them. Like, yeah, like, let's do this. Like, I could totally make it work. But then just to you know stress people out and uh wasting other people's time because i value my time so much you know because like right. i'm at like I, I always tell the story about after working like three jobs at the same time and only having like one day off from all of them and then just having that one day to myself and like holy shit like i have one day out of the week to try to like have fun and enjoy my life like this is this is crazy so after that like my whole like perspective change and i quit two jobs i'm just down to my one corporate job and nice. yeah and, and it's cool. And I, and I still max, uh, you know, still manage my try to manage my time well and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, only try to do things that I actually want to do. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, I was just going to say, so you're going to school, too. Damn, that's fucking crazy. No, no, no school. I, I, oh. I just work. No, no, no. I just work full time. And then uh-huh. I like like honestly, most of my time goes to um, working my corporate job and then doing this podcast. And then I just kind of squeeze right. everything else in between. That's sick. That's super sick. Uh, corporate job, like desk office job. Uh, no, I I sell. Uh, I, I I don't talk about it too often, um, uh-huh. but I, I I sell uh, chips for Frito Lay. You know, like nice. uh, like hot Cheetos and Lay's. So, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, so I I actually just got like a um, uh, a a promotion like the like the other day. So it's like my days are yeah, like, like like thank you. So my, my my days are like a little busier now, uh, more responsibility, but I make more money. That's bomb. Can you ever? <laughs> can you really complain? Yeah. So I. Yeah, it's it, it's fun. I I don't really complain. So like I I know there's people who have, who are out there who work jobs where they absolutely hate and they dread it. Uh, that's not me. I, I just go and take care of business and you know go on with my day. Nice. That's fucking sick. Is it hard to like kind of work through the pandemic? I I know it was like pretty challenging for everybody I knew to like either keep a job, find a job, like maintain. If if I'm being honest, I always felt. Like I had like a, a skewed perspective because I'm I, I was in the same boat. I knew so many people who lost their jobs or who had to go find new work. But for me, my job was like stable the, the whole entire time. So like honestly, like my day to day 
didn't really change for um, all of 2020. Like I was still working Monday through Friday, same schedule. The only difference was like I just really wasn't doing anything else besides going to work and really just coming home and just chill, you know, just go chill out and not really do anything else because I, I don't really want to be around anybody. Or you know, right. and there really yeah. wasn't, and there really wasn't much to do, um, anyways, because uh, out here the majority of the stuff was closed, anyways. So you didn't really have like too many options to go out and do stuff. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, I throughout the pandemic, I was on an unemployment for a minute, and then that you know I ran out for everybody, and mm -hmm. then I started doing like Amazon delivery just because that's like all you really were able to find mm -hmm. and to get a job like quick. And then, dude, that was the most miserable thing I've ever done in my fucking life. And shout out to anybody that has to deliver uh, packages of any sort right now. <laughs> that shit is insane. It is uh, it's really incredible that um, like, like all the I just thought of all the postal workers and stuff mm -hmm. going through like the year they had to go through and probably will continue on. And that shit is rough, man. Everything is sent in in the mail. And <laughs> I don't know. I just have a soft spot for that after going through some Amazon days. That was pretty rough. Yeah, no, honestly, uh, putting yourself uh, in a situation like that, you, you definitely gain new perspective because um, not to you know give away my exact address, but I actually live uh, pretty close to um, a spot where I see like a lot of these, um, you know, Amazon Prime trucks like coming in and out. And I was like, wow. Right. Uh, and, and it kind of blew my mind too. Uh, when I thought about it, I was like, this like building wasn't here with this operation like when i first moved to orange county but now it's like whoa like every day i, I all day like you're seeing these trucks come in and out in and out and you're like okay like the amount of people that actually shop amazon and you know who have an amazon prime account you're like it's just kind of mind-blowing to think about it's honestly pretty disgusting um when i was doing it i was down in like south orange county for the most part so you're delivering to like you know, very wealthy people who have all this shit show up every single day. And then mm -hmm. like you go back to the warehouse and it's so dehumanizing and it's just like, like hurting like cattle to keep doing their job, you know, like it's so fucking gross. So it's kind of, I don't know, get, getting on that side of things and just kind of being reminded of that on a daily basis was pretty gnarly. Um, the Amazon's the fucking worst. <laughs> Did you have to wear one of those bracelets where it would like shock you? Luckily, no, I, I wasn't working. God, isn't that fucking insane? That is crazy. Um, no, I, I I had to drive. So I was basically, I would just go pick up some packages and head out. But like the emphasis on like having to like be as fast as you can was so apparent. They would check up on you and like you're hustling and delivering like 300 packages a day. Just, just you, you know, like it's, it's, it's pretty intense. And uh, yeah, Orange County can be really cool but it's also it was also in like a weird time where there was like a lot of trump rallies and a lot of weird shit going mm -hmm. on so like yeah weird weird blip weird blip of time <laughs> there yeah. you know it's uh, not like really funny but anytime there's like a big like like weird like white supremacist like thing going on in orange county i'm always out of town for it um like a couple years ago there was like a big like kkk rally in like anaheim and I, so yeah, that and that was strange. But I was like back home in Palm Springs, and then recently there was uh, like a White Lives or All Lives Matter protest in Huntington Beach. But I was house sitting in Long Beach, so I, I missed that. 
I was like, dang, that, that's so weird. That, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy because obviously, like, I'm not trying to attend those and like support that stuff because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, right. I, I don't believe in that. But it's just weird that anytime like I'm like, uh, you know, gone for like a short stint, there's like these things that pop up, and I'm just like, this is so weird, and, and it's so weird because like I, it's so close to home. And it just mm. kind of, it always kind of, like, I, I have, like, you know, so much pride to, like, live out here. And I, I, I love um, Orange County. I love talking about Orange County. But then when, like, we get to certain parts, you're just like, damn it. Like, that, like, you know, doesn't represent all of us. But it's just like, you know, it, it is like this weird black eye when you look at the, the whole entire county. So it, it definitely does suck. Right. It's kind of like a weird reminder that wealth breeds a lot of the selfishness and ignorance. Because those pockets are just so fucking wealthy and I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that to blanket all wealthy people, I mm -hmm. guess, but to see those conservative pockets in fucking Huntington Beach just being so deeply rooted into like all this old money is just, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, those families start to die out. Maybe there'll be like a cultural shift. <laughs> God oh. willing. <laughs> no, we're already seeing it happen with, uh, you know, this uh, cryptocurrency going on. Right. I, I, uh, my brother's friends, like, like 10 or 12 years ago, they're like super smart engineer types. They bought, I don't know how much Bitcoin, but dude, it, the amount of money they've made, is just disgusting. It is crazy. Just from like buying just some stuff like 10 years ago, just not really thinking about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't um, invested in any cryptocurrency just to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, be transparent, but um, I think about when I, uh, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan and I know it's, it, it's cool to make fun of people who listen to Joe Rogan, but I don't care. I've been a huge fan for a really long time. Um, he had on, uh, this guy they call like the Bitcoin Jesus, like long time ago. Right. And mm -hmm. this guy was like way ahead of the curve and he was um, you know, talking about how he, uh, paid for everything in Bitcoin, which was like weird to think about at the time. He, you know, managed to, you know, pay his rent, uh, buy everything, his groceries, whatever, all through Bitcoin. And back then, Bitcoin was only like a, like, you know, couple dollars, if I remember. Like it wasn't, like, it couldn't have been more than like double digit, you know, dollars. Right. It was really low yeah. when people were just starting to buy into it. Yeah. And then think about now, last time I checked, it was like, you know, one Bitcoin was like, you know, upwards like 60K. Yeah, it's about six. It's like 55 something. It's fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Dude, and honestly, no hate on Joe Rogan. <laughs> mm -hmm. None, none at all. I, I don't know if you listen to like other comedy podcasts, but I, I love Tiger Belly. I cannot not listen to that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I like, um, uh, I can't think Bobby Lee. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like him, uh, and I just have never uh, thought to listen to it, but I know so many we, people who like it. So one of, uh, one of my, uh, closest friends, Ron, fucking Ron Yamasaki. I love you. He, uh, he like, he came on tour a few times with us. He, um, just started playing it on like a super late night drive and mm -hmm. I was a big mad TV fan. So I just, they like clicked like that. So yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm just biased cause I've listened to like a few days worth, but <laughs> uh, that's that awesome. Uh, can I tell you about my, my real life interaction with Bobby Lee? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I'm a huge fan of th this artist. Uh, his name is David Cho. Uh, I'm not sure. If oh, you're yeah. Okay. So uh, David Cho used to have his own podcast with um, Asa, 
Akira and it was like DVD ASA and, uh, you know, Bobby Lee would go on there occasionally. And then um, his younger brother, Stevie Lee, um, ended up being on the podcast like permanently. But then they had to stop doing it for like legal reasons because uh, David told this story where um, where he told it in the way where he um, you know just did some stuff that he wasn't supposed to. But then he you know came out mm. afterwards after he got in trouble and kind of um, you know told how it really went down. And it was just like this big it was, it was just like a big mess. So they stopped doing the podcast. And one day I'm at Disneyland. Right. And mm. I, I walk into the magic shop to go see if my buddy's working and uh, he wasn't there. But Bobby Lee and his girlfriend, I, I forget her name, uh, Kalila. Uh-huh. Or, uh yeah they were they were in the magic shop and i'm like holy shit this is bobby lee and i don't like you know freak out when i see celebrities but i i went up to him like yo bobby lee can i ask you a question and he like looked at me and he's like what you want to punch me in the face and i was <laughs> i was surprised i was like no i was like that's not what i want to do um I, I was just curious if you could uh, talk to david to start up dvd asa again and he's like oh they can't do it because of like legal reasons and i'm like oh all right thanks like you know thanks for your time and that was it but like for him to ask me like oh like do you want to punch me in the face i was like that was so weird (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) yeah yeah but but no he's a he he uh, was like a supporting role in this netflix original series uh called love Uh, i'm not sure if you watched okay love was great yeah no i i really really enjoyed that show Mm -hmm. yeah uh i i was like you know it was obviously a funny podcast but then they kind of got serious and he kind of mentioned how like he was uh, into like the '90s like grunge scene, kind of growing up in San Diego, mm-hmm. and that kind of hit home. I don't know. I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like he was kind of mentioning some Scrams bands he was into, and like just some really slow core bands. And I was like, "Okay, respect." <laughs> and then ever since that, I was like a huge fan. Yeah, but yeah, that's funny. That sounds exactly like something that would happen. <laughs> okay, um, so. You uh, mentioned earlier you and Vince, uh, you know, been playing in bands together for a while. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, Modern Color started. Uh, w- when you were like in the early stages of the band, uh, was this something that you had a goal to do long term, or was this in your mind just another band and you're just kind of uh, taking it or going where the wind take you or takes you guys? I feel like this time it was a, like a lot more focused and a lot more serious. It was kind of like we're going to tour, we're going to put out records and we're just going to kind of do it. indefinitely. that was, that was kind of it. We just wanted to make music and enjoy it and try to tour. Cause up until that point, we had never really toured before. Like Vince probably talked about uh, like the Sumerian records stuff that he was into, yeah. like doing like battle of the bands judging. So he was out on the road, but um, yeah, we just never really traveled playing music. So this was like our first like big attempt at it. And for you guys to not really have like a whole lot of experience, um, like how is that for you guys going out? Like, you know, basically like kind of just like learning as you go. Did you guys um, have a lot of struggles in the beginning or did it come natural because Vince had a little bit of experience? It, Vince definitely like had a Vince is really good at trying to pull all the strings together and book stuff. It's it's really impressive. So like we always had a show or like got in touch with someone to like play a DIY spot. Um, so, I mean, it was still kind of hard because I feel like a lot of it was, you know, just kind of generally throwing out like inquiries out there and hoping stuff comes back just so we can fill some gaps on a, on a, on a tour or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It, it, it was kind of tough just because we didn't have the right tools. We were like <laughs> traveling and, uh, 
Chad, our guitar player's Honda Element with like a U-Haul trailer and just trying to make it work one way or another. But I don't know. I can't really remember. We were just determined. We were just like, we're going to do it. And even like we played so many shows to absolutely no one or like, you know, we'd, we'd be on tour with someone and like the show would just, we would show like we showed up in, I think, Nebraska with Greyhaven. Um, I forgot when, but there was so, there was such a little turnout. Like there was no one there that they just like closed the bar and canceled the show. So like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of that, but I, I don't know if you're in a van with your friends driving around, like you're, it's fun. So <laughs> I can't really think of it as like a struggle. What do you do in that situation where like, does the promoter have to come up to you and be like, Hey guys, I guess we're not doing the show, even though you guys all showed up. It was like, they were really nice about it. So like, they like, I don't, it was this really tiny little dive bar uh in i don't know but we sh we showed up there obviously like hey like school's out it's like a college town so like no one's gonna really be here um we can make you some pizzas so they like threw some like frozen pizzas and like a little toaster oven mm -hmm. and they were like pretty nice and like let us hang out for a bit and then that was it so yeah. they they tried but you know okay. i don't blame them what are you gonna do yeah for sure like if, if you you know book a show you, you hope people show up but if nobody does you know there's not really much you can do no just it, play or don't and i don't know be nice <laughs> that's all you can do so my like perspective of you guys is that, like you guys seem like you were always busy people um you know like we're like oh like monocolor's here tonight or i you know i'd see you guys post you know we're uh, on tour and it seemed like you guys were always on the road and was that something very important to you guys? Because um, I, I feel like that kind of strategy, like hitting the road, playing like a bunch of different markets and just constantly on tour and um, you know, playing all these different cities is, is a great way to to grow your fan base. Because obviously it, it's nice and easy to, you know, oh, go, you know, listen on Spotify, go check out our, our new song on Bandcamp. But but to get to the cities and playing in front of these kids, I feel like that's like a whole different experience. So was that important for you guys to do that early on? And was that part of your guys' strategy to, to grow as a band? I think it was, it was more so just the want to get out there and play music. And then I think we, you know, kept touring and we kept kind of seeing that like, I don't mean this to sound like any kind of way, but like we weren't like an internet band, you know, like some bands do like, have like cool visuals or something and like they get some kind of like internet startup and people are like really into it and like I, that just didn't pick up so we we were just like well okay we're gonna bring our music to you like <laughs> we're gonna like show up and we're just gonna keep touring really really hard and kind of like try to carve out like a little place for us to just kind of keep doing this and I think after a while it just became kind of like habit like okay like let's just keep going like it I don't, I don't know I, it was also kind of like that thing where it's like, like I'm, I'm 27 now. Everyone in the band's a little bit older than I, and we kind of saw this as like, like I don't know. You get in that phase of like, okay, like maybe I should like buckle down and start like a real life, or you know, mm -hmm. like I should do these things to like meet those milestones or whatever. So this was like the serious push, like the okay, like if we're gonna do this, like let's hop in the van, let's you know kind of have to put off some relationships or like let's really buckle down and, and, and work for it so yeah it, it was a little rough in the beginning but i think we got to a place where it was just understood that like we were going to keep touring <laughs> like and it's just not going to stop 
Yeah, and I, I you know, kudos to all of you guys to uh, make that commitment and stick to it because uh, it, it is scary uh, getting to that point in your life where you're just like, is this even worth it anymore? Like, you know, putting these hours in, hitting the road. Um, and, you know, obviously not only for yourself, but if, if you kind of like look around you, you know, like friends, family, you, you see like everybody's life's changing and sometimes you, you can you know feel lost. So for you guys to to all just be super down to, to do that band like you know and want to take it serious i i think that's really awesome that you guys were all on the same page because to, to take that step to be like all right cool like we're gonna make these sacrifices and take that next step to you know just go for it like that's like really hard to do for a lot of people dude it's really tough and like i again it's one of those things where it's like luck like the fact that all four of us are have the same mentality towards it is so fucking lucky like I, I like when people ask like, well, what did you like, how did you guys do it? It's like, well, we just got in a van and we did it. But that's so hard for a lot of people. Like they have things tying them to home or maybe like they can't just up and leave. And I don't know, that's, it's a very selfish endeavor. Cause I mean, like, you know, it could be doing something to, you know, like go into medicine or like help people. But at the same time, it is kind of sacrificial in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it is a lot of your life. You got to pour into something. So, yeah, for a lot of people, that's really fucking hard. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, damn, like for, for all we know, we only get one shot at this thing we call life. So I, I just say go for it and just try to, you know, do what you want and just try to maximize your happiness. And obviously, you know, be responsible about it because, you know, people can go reckless and ruin their lives. But if, if you can just try your best to, you know, go for it. And obviously I, I always tell people like, not, like things don't happen overnight. Like it, it's going to be a struggle and you, you're, you know, not everybody's going to have the fight for it. Some people get lucky and, you know, things happen really fast, but um, you know, if, if you're doing it because you actually love it, um, I think in time, you know, um, things um, should work out in some weird way or another. Like I, I honestly, I always feel like this, um, you know, this universe and, this world things just work out in such weird ways that you couldn't even plan so i I always just try to encourage people to you know just to to try to do what you want because you know you don't really want to sit there like years down the road and um regret the things that you could have done which is is scary too because you think about that and um things uh nothing's guaranteed so i I always just try to encourage people to just try to go out and at least make some sort of effort because right i mean like well, and now is the whole thing about the like you know trying to tour as hard as we could because it's like at at some point like even if no one likes what you do, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you're having fun doing it. Then that's fucking great. Like life fulfilled. Like what what more could you ask for? And I I don't know. Like it it pays off in the long run doing whatever you want to do as long as you're just like have a good attitude about it and you try to put loving energy into it, then how can you really go wrong? You know? True. hundred percent, man. For, for like the longest time I was, um, and, and even to this day, like I, I still like, like set goals and, um, you know, I, I always told myself like, Oh, like once I get to this point, if I, if I'm making this much money, like I know for a fact, I'll be like so happy. Um, and you know, get to that point and I'm just kind of like, you know, scratching my head, like, Holy shit. Like, this, this is, I'm not like super happy. And, you know, um, I, I just, you know, and I, I mean, I've, I've only said this before too, but, um, I kind of understand when like, you know, you hear these stories about like rich people being depressed or, you know, not really liking their whole situation, but it's just like, yeah, like money, m- money um, can buy you some happiness, but like, you know, money isn't everything. That's what I always tell everybody. Money's cool. I, I, I like money. I'm sure, you know, um, a lot of people like money, but it's just, it, it doesn't, um, 
like at certain points like i always think like damn like it was like i i get to these like uh these like positions where i'm like okay where i would like you know kind of like dreamed of i'm like okay cool this is um the amount i wanted to make by this age and i'm, I'm there but it's just doesn't feel as cool as i thought it would and it, it's just kind of mind-blowing to me because i'm just like dude like when is it going to get to that point maybe when i win powerball or something but I, like i that, that's what i think like, okay that's what it's going to take for me to you know be like super happy i don't know it, it's weird it is weird no i i side with you on that dude like i don't know life can be pretty alienating in a lot of different ways especially when like the internet's so prevalent so to you know have all of these things to like judge against and to have these ideas of like where i should be where mm -hmm. what status i should have it's really damaging so it's it's kind of cool to grow up and like see a little bit of that fade out because i don't know like like, like you kind of said like at the age I'm at now, I had so many other plans, <laughs> but mm -hmm. like, I'm not upset by it. You know, you gotta, gotta just gotta roll with how it changes. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I was just trying to, you know, be thankful, like, you know, every day for like the things that, that I have, cause I always just kind of look around and, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, things, things can be um, uh, definitely a lot worse. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. And obviously like, I'm not, you know, I, I haven't hit a plateau where I'm like, all right, cool. This is all it's going to be. I'm always like striving for more. But, right. but I, I, I'm done uh, thinking that, um, you know, done having the mindset where I go get cool when I make X amount of money, I know I'll be happy because it's just like, no, I'll just have, you know, more, more commas in the bank, but whatever. Like, and I'm right. like, you know, spending money buying stuff like, dude, I, I bought this, um, this, uh, it was really nice, like gaming laptop. And I literally just watch, or I just use it to watch Netflix. And I'm like, why did I spend money on that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> money doesn't even matter. And I'm just like, all right, like it's, it's crazy. Dude, I, I feel that I've been trying. I don't know. Have you, have you picked up any like quarantine skills or try to like learn anything new or do anything like that? Yo, okay. Um, people aren't gonna be able to um, see this, but, um, since we're on video, but if, if you see like all uh, these, like, you know, like this shelf, like right above my head, um, uh -huh. these are all like K-pop albums. So during quarantine, like I've gotten into like, K-pop. So like, um, hold on, let me show you. Cause like, that's not all of them. There's like more like, like up oh, there. Shit. So I've, I've like oh. gotten like, yeah, so I, I've like gotten into K-pop and like, yeah, I, I'm diving in. So literally like buying all these out. Like this is like stuff that I bought since like uh, probably like start, like last May. So it's just like all that. That is sick. Yeah, That's cool. See, okay, again, this is also coming from a place of like, you know, still maintaining work and like maintaining a somewhat normal normalcy throughout the pandemic. But like, it's kind of cool to see those who took, you know, whatever time they weren't able to go out and like party or whatever and kind of turn it inward and like, I don't know, find something new. Like that's, that's so exciting. <laughs> that's so cool to me. Dude, it, it's a trip because like, I've like known about K-pop, uh, you know, just through, um, uh, well, I'm Asian, but also like diving into other Asian cultures, right? Mm -hmm. So like I, I've known about K-pop, but I just it, it just never never really clicked with me. But um, I just don't know what it was. Just something I think I was like on YouTube one day, and I was like, okay, I was like, I know I've listened to this song like a, a couple times on Spotify, but like let me check it out. And you know, I I would eat at like the local Korean restaurants and stuff, and like the, the culture's always been there, but I just never really mm -hmm. paid attention. But then once like I started getting into it, you know, I started listening to the music, started watching like you know. Uh, korean tv shows and then like i now i go to like the korean outdoor mall like you know multiple times a week and now i'm just like head first like into just like that whole culture it's it, it was something that i didn't even expect it just kind of happened you know dude that's that's so sick and it's i don't know it's cool to be able to kind of like dive first like he like head first without i don't know having to like do anything else you can kind of really like 
uh, nurture like a cool new hobby or something. Um, it, it was definitely fun and it still is fun for me, but mm -hmm. just to be like, okay, cool. Like this is like the point where I'm at. Like, let me, let me like see what I'm actually into. So like just going through and just trying to find my taste in like the type of music. So just like, you know, mm -hmm. discover and like just being able to like discover a ton of music that I just didn't even know existed that like you know, I would eventually grow to love. And then now like, now I'm like in the thick of it. So now I'm like, like knowing when like these releases are coming out and like anticipating like these new bands and even like the existing bands, like new albums coming out. And th that's been really fun for me. And, and I, I'm like, you know, the, the same way I am with hardcore, like there's just no way to know everything. So I'm just like constantly like putting it out there, trying to um, gather new information. And I've actually made um, like some new friends, shout out uh, Nick and Marissa uh, through just um, liking <laughs> K-pop. Like, you know, people seeing my posts and people messaging me like, yo, like you're into that too. Like, what's up? Like, let's talk. So uh, That's it's, cool. yeah, it's, 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 it's really awesome. When, uh, when MC was in Japan with, absence of mine who's a fucking fantastic band mm -hmm. love those guys so much um we were walking i forgot where we were somewhere in tokyo and i heard twice down the street and it was like getting louder and louder and mm -hmm. i was like dude where is this coming from and it was just funny to see like uh like a truck billboard with twice the k-pop group <laughs> you know up there blasting music I don't know. It's just kind of like a fun, like surreal experience because, like, it's it's not as openly like promoted here in the states. But to see that, I don't know. It's like a fun spectacle. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting about Twice? Like, I I feel like the um they're like uh they're like signed to like this controversial like um like you know uh, company whatever and mm -hmm. like that band is like they make like like the majority of that company's money. It's insane, and they, I feel like they're really smart with their marketing because obviously they. Um, are uh, looked at as like um, uh, Korea's like you know uh, nations like girl group. They're like super popular, and then um, they have some Japanese members. So they they like you know uh, capitalize on that fact, and they actually um, on top of doing like their like you know um, normal like you know K-pop, they will do these one-off like Japanese singles that are actually really oh, successful. Cool. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, I think that's really cool. And then they're like um, K-pop's like uh, you know uh, thanks to like BTS and blackpink like some of like the the bigger like international like you know k-pop groups um right. like it's becoming like um kind of more recognized in the states like um actually today um uh twice performed on the kelly clarkson show uh, that's crazy yeah so <laughs> so they're like um uh like you know and they've done like english um you know singles so it, it's growing but um like I, I was reading this like this like you know this report i don't know how um real these numbers are but they were reporting that like the um the majority of fans of k-pop aren't even from korea it's like they're more like international like from the states or um you know from like uh south america or just like wherever just like more fans outside of korea that enjoy k-pop than like actual like korean people well i mean i remember bts being like uh fully recognized and have their own like stint at the grammys which was kind of insane. Was it the Grammys? I think it was some kind of like some big award show, but mm -hmm. like, I remember not knowing anything about it, but to, for, I don't know, to have that kind of impact on like one of the world's biggest award nights is kind of insane. It, it's, it's cool to see like the shift in international music becoming a little bit more um, like, like approachable. And like, I guess the U S it's, yeah, because it, it, it is 
it, it, yeah, it, I think it is a cool like thing because like obviously um so many of like the artists from the states are listened to worldwide, right? And mm-hmm. like you know way more recognized in these other countries. But so to see like these uh, these other acts from like you know these international acts from uh, Korea coming over here and like getting that kind of shine, I I, I think it is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to like live in a, obviously a world that there's more of like an equal level for everyone to have exposure because I don't know there's beautiful things everywhere (laughs) like there's beautiful art being made all around the world and to you know not have access to that kind of sucks or to not like i don't know for it to not be as uh accessible it's just a shame you know sucks yeah for sure because like even uh, with me doing this podcast like one thing that I've tried to do is um, to reach out to um, international, like, you know, hardcore bands and just try to tap in and see what's going on in these other scenes around the world that, Mm -hmm. you know, share the same love and like the same music that we do, you know, people that listen to your band or people that listen to the same music as us. And it's just like, you know, I've like talked to people from uh, the UK and people from, uh, you know, Germany um, and, you know, Canada, which is, uh, you know, our neighbors, but, but it's just really fun for me to be able to just pick people's brain and just even shine a light. Cause there's like, like, I, I would say there's good bands everywhere. Uh, we probably just don't know about it, you know? So, so for me, if I'm able to, um, give somebody an opportunity just to come on the podcast and, you know, um, help them out any way that I can, I, I'm more than willing. Right. And that's, that's fucking awesome. I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, because dude, uh, like I'm, I'm serious. There's so many bands, uh, you know, on like the other side of the world that uh, we probably don't know about that, that are cool. And, and I'm always asking, like, yo, like, like who should we be listening to from your area? Like, I want to, I want to know about it because I don't want to find out about it when it's too late, when you know they're not around, they can't get the appreciation in real time, or, or I can't see them live, you know? Right. No, no, absolutely. Um, kind of reminds me, we had, uh, we made a friend from singapore who came out to japan when we were out there with absence of mine mm-hmm. uh, brandon Tanato is really fucking cool we still play call of duty and um i like i i don't know why like i guess my close perception uh, i just didn't know much about singapore mm-hmm. and like we started to follow each other and dude he has a super sick like metalcore band and there's like a good scene for it and they play sick ass fucking shows and it's just like another thing where it's like oh pff, duh like there's cool shit going on everywhere. Yeah. And like, I don't know why, like, like kind of mentioned, like it, it's, it's, it needs to be spread out more. You need to hear about it. It's fucking cool. Yeah, for it's sure. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, and, um, I, I'm trying to, to be that vessel for, you know, um, some international bands. I, I got a buddy named Spencer who does a podcast out of Canada. He, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I know he's had people on from like Australia and he's doing his part as well as reaching out, which I think is awesome. And just trying to, you know, get these international acts on because like yeah it, it's so easy to just uh kind of ignore it because I, mm. I get it there's so much going on here and um you know uh, there's not enough time for everybody but um it, it would be cool if uh you know some bands were able to just kind of break through because uh you know it's not that often that you know these bands uh come through and like i and i've seen it there's like some um you know bands from australia that came through and it wasn't like the biggest deal for people because i i just assume people probably just weren't aware but for me i'm like holy shit this band you know flew 16 17 hours to get here to play these shows like let's you know try to support them as much as we can because it's not that often that it's a you know like a like, like bands aren't traveling um you know that far that often to come play here it's normally like we're standing like um our like you know big bands at the time over there right 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 well 
and it's like I can't imagine how hard it would be to be like an international band trying to break into like US venues or try to find, you know, the right like people to hit up because dude, even in like Southern California, there's so many scenes broken down into so many scenes with their mm. own venues and their own, you know, population or whatever. So like I don't know, that's that's super fucking tricky. Whereas like I felt like it wasn't that hard to find the right avenues to play in, like from us, like trying to travel abroad. Like, it, it, I don't know, it, it was already kind of done for you in a way where it's like, okay, like this is, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine, I, again, I don't book anything. I've mm-hmm. never have. So I can't imagine this shit to begin with, but yeah, it, it seems tough. Shout out to you guys and to, you know, people trying to expand in that. It's fucking, it's really cool yeah I'm, dude like so i've tried to book one show in my life and it went terrible so i was like okay i, I never want to do this again but then maybe it was like right before the pandemic I, my like timeline's blurry but i, I remember I, I hit up this dude who um like runs this label and i was like i was like we need a, a showcase of some of your bands like out west like how can we make this happen and they're like okay like um like w- w- some of the things they, they told me like okay like what time frame were you thinking and we kind of like settled on like you know like a, a time frame of the year right, all right cool got that out of the way talked to some of the bands because i knew you know members in some bands so you know people mm. were down but then when it came down to it they're like yeah like like can you cover the cost of everybody's flights and i'm just like what like, w- like you want me to cover the cost of like four bands flights and I'm like, okay, I was like, I get it. I'm not like a like a record label. Um, and I'm just like, I don't want to, you know, pay that much money. I was like, can we I'll do one way? Can you do the other? And I was just trying to like, you know, work it out, but it was just such a you know big deal. I was like, all right. I was like, uh, and then I think they just stopped taking me serious and they just stopped responding to my messages. But I was like, all right, like I didn't know that they wanted <laughs> me to cover like, you know, that many people's flights. I'm like, Jesus. That's intense. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> no, that's a lot. Yeah. And I, I, um, you know, uh, no ill will, uh, still, uh, you know, listen to the bands, love the bands and I'm hoping it could still happen in the future. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, but yeah, it, it was, it, it, it takes a lot of work. So th- that's why I always, uh, you know, give a lot of respect to people who take that position in like our scene to, to get these shows going. Cause it, it does take work. Oh, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it sounds so rough. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would never want to be. Uh, I would never want to book shows. I'm not trying to book a tour. Don't ever, <laughs> don't don't ever involve me. I, I, f- I also like feel kind of bad. So like, if anyone would ask, like, can we play? I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's hard to regulate. Okay, there's a couple um uh, key shows that I want to ask you about. Obviously, sure. you've uh, referenced uh, Japan a couple times. What was that whole thing like for you? Like from the moment you realized, like, okay, Modern Color is going international. We're flying to Japan and you're going to do a tour out there, which is kind of a big deal because, like, I feel like a, a lot of bands that's a goal of theirs is to you know hit the UK, hit Australia, then at some point get to Japan, right? And for you guys to do it so early on and, um, you know, the band's, um, you know, lifespan, I, I feel like that's like, you know, pretty impressive. So I'm curious what that whole thing was like for you. It was honestly incredibly surreal the entire process because so to kind of rewind a little bit, um, our friend Ron, who we were talking about a little earlier, he uh, made, I think I think he made I think that's how the, the connection was made, but he made a friend with Hero through film photography uh, on Instagram. And Hero was really cool. And 
uh, he like he's super into photography. He he lives in Japan and he like kind of travels for business, but also for photography. And he'll like tour with bands and stuff. So he came out uh, out here on like vacation to hang out in L.A. We all met and we got along really well. So when we were in uh, Europe, he came out there as well. I don't know. He's just like fucking awesome. Super nice, super friendly. And he approached us and we were never really sure if it was like a serious thing. He's like, yeah, we'll we'll tour in Japan. Like I'll, I'll book the shows. I'll rent a van. Like we'll do it. So he put together like this DIY tour for us. And we asked, you know, we had absence of mind, like absolutely. Cause we're really fucking close come. And it was, it was incredible. Like Japan is the most beautiful place I've ever been to. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I couldn't have asked for like, I don't know. It, it, like the shows were good. Every, every band that we played with was fucking really good. Um, we played with uh, we played with a few bands, but we played with uh, this. Uh, I guess they're kind of like a screamo scrams band called Sans Visage. Have to shout them out because their band's incredible. Um, we played with a hardcore band uh, Otis and Number Nine, both incredible bands. You should check out. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't speak highly enough about it. It was perfect. Everything about it was literally amazing. <laughs> and did you guys have a lot of downtime in between shows to actually like explore the country? I, we did kind of, we had four shows and I think we were there for like five or six days. Um, a lot of it was traveling because it's kind of like California. If you've ever gone to like up to like San Francisco and back, like everything's like a four hour drive. So mm -hmm. we were in, um, we were in Tokyo and then we played in Osaka and then Kyoto. So each was like a little bit of a trek. Um, but other than that, we we're just walking around. We were drunk the entire time because <laughs> alcohol is cheap and you can walk around with it. And it was, it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. My dream vacation is to go to Japan because, uh, Growing up in, in high school, I was like so obsessed with uh, Japanese culture. I took Japanese class, you know, to, to learn the language for like three years of high school. And then I went on to take it for a couple of years in college. And um, it's always just been this place that I wanted to get to. And I was actually supposed to go um, uh, last October, but obviously uh, pandemic couldn't travel, couldn't leave the country. So it was, uh, you know, plans got canceled. And then um, fast forward to now, you know, things are way different and um it just hasn't been rebooked, but that's still somewhere that I, I, I have to go before I die. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like what, what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to have another Southeast Asia tour like around September, October of last year. Mm -hmm. So our plan was to play in. Uh, I can't really remember the route, but we were going to play through like Philippines and kind of eventually swing back up and just stay in Japan for like two weeks to vacation because <laughs> it's literally the fucking I couldn't spend enough time there. <laughs> I really don't think so. Yeah, that's I really awesome. hope your trip gets rebooked. I, I need you to go. It's perfect. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it's, it's seriously a, a dream of mine. And I always just get like I, I'm stoked to talk to anybody who's ever been. But also I get like a little jealous because I'm like, damn it. I was like so close to, to going. But right. You know, the, the the one year that I should plan and do everything. It's just like, yep, not not this year. I can't imagine it not being as amazing as it was last time. <laughs> so it's it, like, yeah. 
hopefully when this is all over and i hate to say that i feel like everyone mm-hmm. said that for a long time yeah we can go hang out in japan it's fucking amazing <laughs> Okay, for sure. Okay, and I, I want to uh, talk about the, this other show. Um, there was a, it was, I feel like a pretty cool showcase. Um, it, it chain reaction, um, movements headlined, right? Uh, pretty popular oh, yeah. band. Um, you know, uh, those dudes listen to hardcore, uh, but not a hardcore band, right? But they decided to bring on a bunch of these bands uh, to to play chain, and it was it was a huge deal. And I I remember uh, when it got announced, and obviously it was for a good cause. So I was like, okay, this is like a, a really great idea and a, kind of a great showcase um, of all the bands in Southern California, right? Because you look at everybody that was on the lineups, um, uh, you know, all from down here, minus, uh, you know, Drain. But um, such a cool idea. And I love that it brought so many kids that probably have never heard of, you know, bands like Zulu, Initiator, Dare, but were huge fans of uh, movements and obviously got to see Modern Color as well. Um, I, I was curious, uh, you know, what that whole show was like, because it was a big deal, especially for, you know, everybody in our scene, that thing sold out super fast, you know, both nights. Dude, that was crazy. That was such an experience. Um, and like, you're, you're, you're right. I feel like a lot of those, uh, a lot of the kids that went, you know, were obviously like diehard movements fans. And for them to get exposed to something new was fucking awesome. And I don't know, big shout out to movements for uh, like, obviously having us and asking us but for like cultivating something so special and so like specific to southern california mm-hmm. is i don't know it's cool i i feel like you could ask anybody to play like a big show like that but if you like keep it down to like i don't know like your peers and people you played shows with kind of growing up like that's badass <laughs> that's so sick and dude to see zulu play any show is honestly a treat so <laughs> that's that was always fucking cool Dude, speaking of Zulu, okay. Uh, moving on to the next show, um, it was the Dare tape release. Remember that it, it program? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that Zulu set. And uh, dude, that that was so crazy with that that dude getting just knocked out. Um, I hope he's okay, whoever he is. Um, it was yeah, little... dude. I hope that kid's okay too. That was fucking rough. I feel like the worst part was like standing in the parking lot and seeing the dude's mom, like you know, coming up all super stressed because you probably got a phone call like hey your son just got wrecked at this show like he's go- he's getting taken away in the ambulance like th- that was like the only bummer because like i remember standing in the parking lot and this mom's like running through the parking lot like trying to find her son and i was like this sucks dude it was such an eerie feeling everyone's just kind of outside like do we continue is it like a bad like is it just bad feelings like should we just stop <laughs> like what what happens from here yeah like i i i like you know, definitely would have understood if that would have been a wrap because, you know, some kid almost died in your business. Like, you know, you don't want right. that blood on your hands. Uh, I, I get it. But uh, thankfully, um, in the end, the guy was OK from what I've heard. I like I said, I, I don't know who he is personally, but um, I, I heard some like, you know, uh, you know, rumblings that the kid uh, was OK um, after all. He just got knocked out, got like a concussion or something. But um, I was stoked that the show was able to continue because, you know, um, Obviously, you guys played a set, which was cool. I I was like that lineup of bands because obviously, like, uh, you know, you and like um, everybody else in that circle of friends, um, just playing those shows, I always feel like it's just like always a good time. It's so much fun. I I love playing with Dare. I love playing with friends at Program. I feel like there's really no other place where it feels so like casual, but everyone like like genuinely cares about the place mm-hmm. you know like rarely do you see someone try to fuck up or you know i don't know it's it's a good spot it's 
they, they like helped us put out like a record like i don't know i love program program is really fucking special yeah and i, I and maybe because like i i like live out here but sometimes i forget like how special it actually is because sometimes i'll like talk to people on here and they're like yo like we we want to play program so bad and i'm just like what like you know about program like like you look at it like in that way where like you know you like when you come to california that's where you want your band to play and i was like okay like and it just kind of puts me in check and makes me realize like okay yeah this is more special than i actually like kind of like um you know think about it in real time because uh, i'm not saying that i take it for granted because i you know I, I love and appreciate uh you know that place because i'm um, just being able to do that in like you know their business is mm -hmm. like such a risk but you know they're so down for the scene that they're willing to do that and give us all a home to have shows it, it, it's super sick right no but i i feel what you're saying like people often marvel at chain and rightfully so like what a like a chunk of history for this type of music right mm -hmm. but like i don't know like if you and i think of chain we're like oh yeah like bathrooms fucked up and kind of gross gum everywhere like it's nothing special to you because you've been there a million fucking times yeah but yeah to, it's interesting to kind of like overlook what you have at home <laughs> that meme you know no we have hardcore at home yeah no i i always <laughs> and I, I always uh think about uh uh being in this position where we live in southern california where we're so blessed at having like so many active scenes because when you look at like you know san diego orange county um la uh when things were popping there you know there was always a show going on there was no uh, you know down period um, there's always you know bands popping up you know there's always somebody from somewhere coming through right right uh, versus like I, I i talk to so many people on like the other side of the country um who don't have it as good as we do so I, I'm, I'm always just like curious like what it's like on the other side right well, and and East Coast is a little different too, because all like the uh, all the all the cities are really close together. Like all the states are really close mm -hmm. together, so I feel like you can make a weekend trip out of like most of the East Coast in one go. <laughs> so everyone's kind of traveling around to go to shows, and it's like not that big of a deal. Yeah, I and I feel like I would take advantage of that, right? Because I talk to um, you know I have friends who are like, yeah, like you know I, I go to the, primarily just this scene, but I'm like, dude, the other scenes a couple hours away right like that right. that'd be like us driving from like you know here to san diego or something and i'm just like why well, like i would love to just go and uh because uh, it is like you know things vary scenes are different so i i would love to just cross state lines just to see what it's like you know or even or even just create like a like a cool network you know of friends across these states because they're all so close right i don't i don't i always kind of thought about that too like being in california you're like okay like We'll go to san francisco and it's like a six hour drive to like you know like the next fucking place or mm -hmm. or what have you um yeah it's a totally different vibe and it is interesting to be on the east coast too because whenever we're out there uh we'll play like a hardcore show and people from like all different kinds of states just like link up like that mm -hmm. everyone knows each other it's like really tight knit it's like it's pretty fucking cool to see a, to see all that from people being so far away geographically is pretty sick and um, you know, you mentioned hardcore, and I, I feel like Modern Color is one of those bands that isn't your, you know, your typical hardcore band. Uh, but you know, you guys, uh, you know, come in and you get so much support. And obviously, because um, you know, you guys listen to the music and you have friends in the scene who play in all these types of bands. But but I, I think it's so cool that um, for you guys being so different, you guys um, are are like one of those bands that gets so much support from our scene. It's tight. I don't know why, but I'm down. <laughs> it's it's really cool. I'm. To be honest, I'm not like even the most super like 
like I hardcore historian. I'm pretty mm-hmm. like, you know, barely in, into it, but like growing up with like metal and playing in these scenes, kind of like the same thing. And I guess you don't really know where else to, you know, like this was like the scene that like took us in and we started playing shows and it just made sense. And yeah, just didn't really stop. So I'm forever thankful for like any like hardcore band that gave us a shot or like put us on a bill or like, you know, tried to include us because it's been fucking awesome ever since. Yeah. And I, I, because not every band can come in and do that. Right. Cause, cause you think about, um, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, actually longer than, than a couple of years ago, but back when, you know, there was like that, uh, like there was more of like a crossover with like hardcore and pop punk, but I feel like that's like, you know, a little more taboo these days. But mm-hmm. when, when I look at bands like, um, you know, modern color or a band like, uh, you know, anxious or soul blind, who you're familiar with, um, can come in love yeah, can, and anxious. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, these types of bands can come in and just get that support and that love from like the community. I, I think it, it, it speaks volumes because like I said, not every band can come in and get that kind of support and love from, you know, people in hardcore. And to not sound like a fucking stoner, like the, the vibe all around is the same, like the same emotion is put into the music whether it like seeing soul blind play like after fucking like no option or like a, like another like hardcore band like yeah obviously sonically it's going to be a little bit different but like mm-hmm. that same feeling the same like the same energy is there which is why i think a lot of this works so well it's like people are very you know multi-sided they like different kinds of things and i feel like a lot of it's uh, emotionally based like I don't know a lot i feel like i I listen to music to kind of cope with whatever you're feeling right like Mm -hmm. even if it's subconsciously so i think that's why a lot of this works together you know people need all of it people need all that range of like emotive uh you know kind of thought yeah no it's great that you can provide that for us i (laughs) i'm glad that people haven't told us to go away so <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, I, I, no, you guys are good. I, I don't think that'll that'll happen because you know, um, from my perspective, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you guys. You know. Well, I appreciate that, and I like to think we're kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> that works out. So uh, I, I I I saw you guys um, post this uh, Instagram shot of uh, the number of streams for uh, from the leaves of your garden, and uh, it, was, it was from Spotify, right? Uh huh. And that that number just kind of blew my mind so i'm like holy shit because because obviously like you know um uh, talking to you now like all uh you know uh, i feel okay calling you a friend and i know Absolutely. vince uh and just to see that number for an album that you guys haven't really got to do a whole lot with it, it just kind of like blew me away and i'm and i'm happy for you guys because like that's so cool to see you know you guys getting that much play <laughs> and that's just on spotify that which i, I you know i i saw that and I'm like, oh cool that's like you know i'm like oh that's probably just on spotify there's probably way more going on you know these other platforms as well and even people just spinning the record and it's just kind of mind-blowing when you think about how, like that big of a number i it, dude it's crazy it's so tight but honestly, kind of weird because we still haven't had a chance to play a lot of these songs live. So it's mm-hmm. like this weird kind of dichotomy and stuck in the middle. I don't know. I, I'm so fucking thankful people listen to it. Like I, all of those songs were kind of really developed over a lot of touring. So like a lot was put into that. So to put a record out during the pandemic was kind of weird and iffy. We were kind of on the fence about it, but it worked out. I'm fucking thankful. I'm super thankful. 
I can't believe people are listening to it. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Or, you know, or that many people or, you know, the, or whoever, just the amount of streams that it, it's gone. And, and obviously like, and I know, um, you know, th- there's, uh, you know, bands who will have like, you know, uh, cool looking stream numbers, but can't, you know, sell out like a, a, a show. But I know that like seeing his, uh, you know, seeing you guys live before, like, you know, I know that th- those things like in my mind match up. It's not like some weird thing, you know, kind of like to touch on like the Internet band thing. I feel like a lot of focus is put onto your image online. Mm-hmm. And like you kind of mentioned, like a lot of the time it doesn't really translate very well in like live capacity. So you're like, kind of like, what's the disconnect? So it was kind of cool to like tour, 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 and then not kind of be stuck in this pandemic and then still see that, you know, people came back to listen and check it out. Cause then it's like, Oh, so like going out and playing shows like does help, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, it was kind of cool to see that work kind of pay off in like this like little way. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, 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 it definitely, uh, you know, speaks volumes for the hard work that you guys put in. Cause it, it it's still, uh, and even before the, the pandemic, it, it wasn't common for bands to do big tours, uh, you know, granted, cause whether people didn't have enough time off work or it just, uh, you know, um, financially didn't make sense. So bands were, uh, you know, leaning towards doing more regional stuff. So for you guys right. to, to just be so busy and just want to tour everywhere, um, you know, that I feel like that's uh, has, has helped out in the long run, like you mentioned, for having these, like, you know, fans and people actually liking the music and actually caring about the band. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Again, it's all like it's 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 really weird. I again, I don't handle anything besides like trying to meet up with the band and play music. So to see any kind of like growth or anything like that out of it is just kind of like insane. <laughs> I have to give a lot of props to uh, Vince for just working really hard all the time and also to other people um, for fucking believing in us. <laughs> so you mentioned, um, you know, you wrote some of those songs while you were on tour. Uh, that's one thing that I thought about is like, okay, you guys are so busy. When do you actually have the time to sit down and write a new album? Because I'm sure that is a process in itself um well even when we're not touring like i mean aside from like we just got back from like a long run so we'll take like a cut like two weeks off or something like that but we're really we really try to be diligent and meet up like twice a week like focus on practice focus on a set or focus on writing music like i don't know we we take practice like pretty seriously and or try to be on it as much as possible so like even though there there's a lot of touring like there's a lot of time at home or like just sitting around before a show starts where we'll kind of like have an idea or like try to make it work. And at any point you ever feel any burnout? Cause obviously it does take a toll on you, you know, physically and mentally just being out on the road all the time. And then when you get home and actually have a chance to rest, I think in my mind, I'd be like, okay, like, do I really want to pick up my instrument again to, you know, try to write something new when I spent like the last month, you know, playing every single night. Oh, absolutely. There's tons of it. Even on the road, like you're just like, I don't know, you slept like two hours and you wake up and you got to do it all over again. You're like, fuck, man, this this is annoying. But at the same time, it's a dumb thing to complain about. Um, Yeah, I I don't play my guitar for like two weeks when I get home from a tour. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty bad about that. I just like coast in normal mode for a little while. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like 
um, doing, uh, you know, or playing shows, you know, day in, day out for so long. Yeah, it's nice and, you know, probably, uh, you know, needed to give yourself that kind of break just to kind of, um, you know, kind of reset and just keep it fresh. Because I feel like if maybe if you uh, just kept at it, you know, 100% every time, you'd probably, you know, get sick of it at some point. I mean, just like anything, it, I don't know. I, I feel like you, it's, there's times I got to force myself a little bit, but I, I don't know. It becomes a part of, everything you do <laughs> it gets uh, you kind of need a break from it mm -hmm. okay so we've been in this you know pandemic we're still in the pandemic i i should say right. um i'm curious about the band uh you know obviously i i've seen vince like you know posting you know uh, stuff and kind of alluding to you guys working on a lot of new music is that the case can we expect new stuff from you guys yeah we have some music that actually just got finalized with like masters and all that so we have some new stuff coming out, which is super exciting, but also a little, little weird. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask because obviously the last record, uh, you know, it's gotten so much love. But like I said earlier, you haven't really gotten to do too much on it. Was uh, you know this always a plan? Like, OK, we're going to put it out. If we're still in the pandemic, we're going to keep um, trucking along with these releases. We're going to keep putting out new music. Or did you want to uh, hold out till you're able to do something, you know, live in person? we kind of just saw like the way the things were going and figured okay well like live music in normal capacity will probably be kind of weird for a while so let's just keep writing and i don't know being in the weird funk headspace that everyone was in we kind of just tried to express that and like a, a little a little collection of songs was made <laughs> mm -hmm. so we figured i don't know like the traditional like album cycles kind of out the window right now and it probably will be for the next i don't even know how long so might as well just kind of keep putting music out and then i yeah we're trying to think about plans of another lp uh in the near future as well so hopefully that comes together but yeah recording music's fun <laughs> it's like the best part mm -hmm. yeah and i and i always uh just I'm always like on the fence because I don't like there's no real formula, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. whether a band should drop or shouldn't drop um, in, in my mind. I'm just like, OK, just do what you want. Put out as much music as you want. And hopefully I'm able to enjoy all of it, you know, um, as I, you know, as much as I can while like while everything's going, because obviously like I'm trying to juggle like so much music. And when like I, and I, I'm never mad at a band for putting out so many albums like, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, I had. Uh, like I, it was like a couple months ago, I had a conversation with a friend. He was just like, "Oh, Terror keeps putting out too many albums," and I'm like, "Well, what would you want? You want Terror to keep putting out albums, or do you want them to break up?" Like, you know, it's right. like, like, what do you want? Like for me, I'm just like, "No, keep putting them out. Um, I don't care. Like, I'm gonna listen to everyone, and it's gonna be fun." Right. I mean, I don't know. At at the end of the day, it's like not my decision if Terror puts out music. <laughs> so if they're down and they want to keep grinding, that's fucking sick. I think. I don't know. It, it is kind of weird that you mentioned that because like you see a lot of like a change to the traditional approach. Everyone used to like try to like write their album and put a big emphasis on the album. But now it's like there's bands that have done so much with like a collection of songs, like maybe like three demos spaced out between like a year. But mm -hmm. that band's like so fucking hot and they're playing all these shows. But it's kind of weird how that that's like the new the new normal thing to do almost Dude, come out the demo with an ep and then like the emphasis on the ep or the lp is kind of like not really there yeah um different scale but think about lil nas x think about the songs that he's put out he doesn't even have an album right 
and he's just singles it's crazy it, it is it's an interesting world because yeah there's no emphasis on like the like a full like start to finish record <laughs> which is kind of crazy yeah so okay well yeah like i said I, i'm looking forward to new music from modern color uh stoked that you guys are uh stoked that you guys are still i'm um, staying active because I, I know bands who are who's, who have been sitting on music for over a year i'm just like what are you doing <laughs> just put it out at this point you know Dude, there's, it, there's no good time for it just do it <laughs> yeah but okay we, we're um we're at an interesting point um uh i'm not sure if you saw there was like a uh, big drama on twitter because there was a hardcore show that happened in new york i yeah i, oh. I did hear a little bit about that. okay right so so that happened and um you know those bands played like a little string of shows i know they're playing a, a couple shows in a couple weeks and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I feel like at, at this point, there's really no stopping that because, uh, you know, some places it, it's, um, you know, like, uh, quote unquote legal and people are feeling safe enough to, to do these shows. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm just going to, you know, like, obviously it's nowhere near us. So I'm just kind of watching it play out, you know, from afar. But then um, a couple of nights ago, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw that flyer for that show that's going to be happening in L.A. in like two weeks. Um, is it the punk show yeah. that's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I saw that. I'm like, oh, dang. Like, like I, I know that, um, you know, um, earlier this month, um, it was like, okay for like, you know, venues to have shows again, like, you know, at capacity, um, with these guidelines, but I'm just like, dang, now it's kind of trickled out West where it's like, now there's like these shows happening. And I'm just like, this is, this is like insane. And like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't. Um, you know, too interested in going, right? Because I'm like, oh, like, like I, I'm. It's not that I don't feel safe, but I'm just like, I don't know if this is like the right time. Um, you know, no knock on the people doing it. Do your thing. Hopefully, you know, um, everybody's safe. You guys do it right. But then I'm like looking at the lineup, and I'm, and then I see this band, Alpha and Omega, and I'm just like, damn it, I'm a huge Alpha and Omega fan. They haven't been active, um, you know, forever for a really long time. They like broke up. I'm pretty sure. And I'm just like, is is that what's going to get me to go to this? to go see this band and I, I'm just like on the fence. Like I want to see them so bad because I, I, I love that band. I, I wish they never broke up, but I'm just like, oh, am I going to risk getting COVID again? Cause I'm not immune to it. I, I got it. And I'm just like, I'm like weighing out these risks. And obviously um, I'm going to get crap for even talking about wanting to go to the show. And um, you know, people are going to get really sensitive about it, but it, that's just how I feel. Um, I haven't gone to the show yet. The show hasn't happened. So don't, don't kill me over it, but it's just like the homies in Wacko <laughs> are playing that show. So okay. like, I, I, so, dude, it's so, okay. So I feel a little less on the fence of, like, I'm not going to go to the punk show. I okay. really want to, but okay. like, I probably just not going to happen. Um, but like that one doesn't strike me as that odd because it's kind of like in the same circles of like the underground punk shows that have been happening throughout the entire pandemic. True. Have you true. seen like those kind of trickle trickle in like on yeah. social media and stuff? I, I had people ask me like, Oh, like why weren't you at the show? And I'm just like, well, what show? Nobody told me, you know? So it's just like, you know, I, I'm just minding my own business. Right. But right. Yeah. But, but this flyer ended up on my timeline. So that's why I'm, I'm talking about it. Dude. I know. I, I saw that pop up this morning. It was just like, wow. Okay. I don't know. We have like a tentative show planned for later this year too. And like at this current time, it obviously feels kind of weird. Like mm -hmm. I, I, we're still on the fence about it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, it's in the future. People are getting vaccinated every day. We, I, of course, if it's not safe at the time, we're not going to do it. But if it's leaning more towards that possibility, then like, 
uh, Vince was putting in a good way, like we're going from no bands playing shows mm -hmm. to every band trying to play shows again. True. So all of that time and all of those venues are being booked right now. So like all of next year is filling up, you know, like all this time is getting pushed out. So it's kind of like, man, even if it's not a possibility, you kind of have to start putting your like, you know, you, you have to put the time and effort into booking, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. It, it's a dirty feeling. I, I don't know. I think that the show in New York was interesting. I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to weigh in on it. Yeah. Like, like I, I said it on a, a couple episodes, like I don't condemn anybody uh, for booking the show for, for throwing the show. Um, I don't condemn anybody for going. I just hope that the people who went um, when they left, they took the proper steps to keep the people that they're going to be interacting with afterwards, you know, safe. Right. Right. So right. that I mean, that's that was my only concern. Like, like, you know, I understand why people wanted to go. I understand why, you know, people, uh, you know, didn't want it to happen. But it's just like, um, you know, it, it happened. There's, you know, um, you, you can be mad about it. It, it happened. Um, and I, I just hope everybody was safe, is safe. And the people that they, um, you know, because um, obviously, like, you know, people go to work, people, you know, go see their family. Not everybody's aware of the show that happened in New York. Right. So, right. like I said, I just hope that they took the steps to keep their, um, you know, co-workers, friends and family safe afterwards because it's still going yeah. on. Right. It's it's not like the pandemic. It's not like, it's not like COVID-19, the coronavirus just disappeared. No, it's still active. It's still around. It's just not as prominent as it was this time last year. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I I it's one of those things like I don't I I think it's, you know, you're taking your own risk. I think if it's if you're putting someone like at risk directly in harm, like you're a dick. Mm -hmm. you, you suck, but I I don't know. It, as people are getting vaccinated, it's becoming such a blurry area that it's really hard to weigh in with like a firm like, oh, fuck you if you do that or like, oh, like, yeah, it's, cool. it's like, I don't know. it's like we've collectively entered this gray area where. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it, 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 it's it's hard, you know, and, and I, I get why people are upset. Right. And, and I, I, I can see both sides. But um, but for me, like I said, I'm just kind of minding my own business. I wasn't there. So, I you know, um, it, 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 it didn't piss me off. Um, and like, I, I just, I'm just concerned for, um, you know, the, the people's safety, right? Exactly. I mean, at bottom line is like, if people are fine, then okay. Like then shows are, shows are going to come back either way. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just, I really hate to sit there on the internet and just like spout off on like, this is stupid. And I'm going to tell you why. And like, unless it's like important information that like needs to go out, then like, I don't know. That's why I don't have a Twitter account any longer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, was asking, uh, I was talking to a buddy off air uh, before we did the podcast and I was um, kind of mentioning to him. I'm like, yo, like nobody's giving me shit for going to work. Right. I, I'm going to work masked up. I have to be around people every day and still doing my part to be safe. Um, and and obviously going to a show, um, it's, it's not work, but still I'm going to be around people still trying to be safe. And it's, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote legal. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they're not just going to go out and try to throw some wild thing. I'm sure they're going to try to keep everybody safe because they're well aware of what's going on. Right. So mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, I'm going on to public and it's just like as much as I tried to stay safe and, you know, avoid the, the virus, like I still got it somehow. Right. And I, you know, did my part to, to um, get, uh, you know, tested and quarantine and stay safe. So, um, 
if I go to the show, uh, which is still up in the air, um, I'm still going to say do the same thing, right? Like I'm for my peace of mind. If I go, I'm definitely going to get tested afterwards to make sure that I'm still safe because I don't want to um, just go and kind of tuck it away. And be like, yeah, all right, cool. I went to the show and then um, and then unknowingly become some super spreader and then kill, uh, you know, kill everybody. I don't want to be that right. guy. It's such a domino effect, which is why, like, I think my paranoia just kind of kept me away from everything this year. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, man, I can't risk it. Like, I got a new job and in, like, an office with, like, a few people, but we're still masked up and, you know, super distant all the time. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, the the pandemic kind of played into, like, like you know, me being, like, antisocial. So, you know, uh, everything closed and it was, it was kind of like this unspoken agreement for the people that I would see or the people that I knew, like, okay, um, we're all just kind of going to do our own thing. And I've only seen like the same five people, right. The same five friends and we've all been fine. Nobody's gotten sick from hanging out and we, and we don't even hang out that often. It's like every now and then. So, um, yeah, so it's like, I've been fine. Like the, the way that I've been handling it, it's like, you know, okay, cool. Um, I just get to spend a lot more time doing things, you know, play a lot of video games, just chill at home um, and, you know, see my friends just a little less. Right. Um, right. So it, it hasn't been that bad for me, but I, you know, I, I think it's been, uh, you know, cool to kind of just uh, be able to uh, learn a little more about myself during the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. A lot of soul searching. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, but I'm not like, you know, happy about it or happy about the pandemic. I'm I'm looking forward to the day where we look back and you know talk about it in like you know, the past tense where it's just you know we um, hopefully we're able to move on and beat it and it won't be a pandemic situation in the future right i don't know it'll be really interesting to see how like this uh this group of people you know like all of us take this and kind of adapt to it in like you know the future i wonder if you know people talk about masks being a thing forever i don't know it'll be interesting to see and for the people who like never really were aware but um it's not like you know they created masks just for this like pandemic like you know and in other cultures people you know out of courtesy would wear masks when you know they were feeling sick to you know prevent other people from getting sick right so absolutely yeah yeah so it's just like uh and it was kind of um uh funny to see that shift where you know seeing somebody wearing a mask was like strange and like oh those are like you know they're weird for wearing that but to like okay now it's just like an everyday thing everybody's wearing masks right like you see people using it for fashion obviously on top of still trying to stay safe but it's just like you know there's like this weird shift i mean you see someone with a bare face and you're just like oh what the fuck's that person's problem <laughs> you know like Dude. It, it's like the reverse now i'm like oh you're kind of a dick why is your face showing <laughs> yeah yeah no there was this instance when i went on i i went to disney world last october right and mm-hmm. we were shopping um at this target and i'm just like you know walking through being the dude from california wearing his mask and i turned this corner and like there's this like girl coming towards me and like we like lock eyes and like my brain's trying to compute like why does she look so weird to me and then it mm-hmm. you know, you know, and then it clicked like, oh, she looks weird to me because I can see her entire face. She's not wearing a mask. And she's probably thinking I'm some like, you know, weirdo because I'm in Florida wearing a mask. But I was like, oh, that's so weird. But like, you know, I didn't judge her whatever. Do what you want to do. I'm like, you know, I- I'm going to still live my life the way that I want, uh, you know, try to right. stay safe. But uh, yeah, it-, it was a it-, it is a weird thing, you know, seeing people like, you know, <laughs> in public in you know stores without masks. You're like, oh, that's that's so weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've been back to Palm Desert or like that area, but like up in Alpha Valley, um, 
yeah, most people just don't wear masks. <laughs> so it's kind of like mini Florida's around us and like the conservative areas, which is just interesting to see. But yeah, I, th- I think, I think masks are going to be a thing for some time, which is fine. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm not going to, um, like once like cause obviously we're, we're going to get to a point, um, if the trend continues with like, you know, numbers going down and more vaccines rolling out that they're going to, you know, lift the mask mandate and eventually, you know, businesses aren't going to require them. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, like look down on anybody who still wants to wear a mask or who still doesn't feel safe. You know, no, it's a scary time. I mean, yeah. if if you're an elderly person right now, I'd be fucking terrified, you know, with or without the pandemic. I feel like it was so quick for something to spread so fast across, you know, the entire world. That How do you feel comfortable? You know, <laughs> have you ever seen um, there's just I'm, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but it was on Netflix when I watched it. It was, it was like this Korean movie called uh, Train to Busan. Dude, fantastic movie. <laughs> OK, think about how um, like, you know, th- those characters, they wake up, they th- like, you know, it's just a normal day. But then how fast it just boom it's over right there's like the things like that um you know everybody's a zombie everything's just going so fast that right. I, and i'm just like dude that's kind of how it, it kind of happened out here right because i remember oh, yeah. there was the memes about the you know person bleeding out of their eyes in china and then there was the guy in costa mesa who had it i'm like oh shit it's here then like the the people in the the ontario airport got quarantined because they, they came from you know wherever oh, right right it's like two weeks just chilling on like the fucking yeah and then it's just like yeah so i'm like dude this is like train to busan but on a slower <laughs> scale obviously but i'm like I, I it can change that fast you know like people uh you know don't realize that we're not as like safe as we think we are you know like things things can change so fast oh right and well kind of like if if mother earth is gonna fuck you <laughs> it's just gonna happen like it, you know, you can't control it yeah so it, it, it's a trip but um so so that's a no for you for the the la show honestly i'm bad at going to shows in general so <laughs> i okay. probably would have missed it but to be honest for yeah, sure I don't, I don't feel safe yet well plus i take care of my mom who uh is in a weird position so i gotta make sure she's uh not exposed to anything true for sure so no. i try to take that pretty serious yeah i i you know i i respect that um if you see me at the show with my mask on don't talk to me no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm kidding if you see me um come say hi come give me a hug that's if you see me yeah uh, try <laughs> <laughs> okay well yeah that's uh that, that's yeah but i feel like that's just the first of many that's just you know on its way because i even just seeing like random bands um you know posting tour flyers for uh, 2022 and even knowing some bands who um, or getting offers for for stuff it's just like yeah man like this um this moment of shows not happening is it, it's you know, slowly going away like shows are like coming back um yeah. you know whether uh people are comfortable with it or not um it, it, it's going to be um you know uh, definitely a, a situation because uh, people because not everybody feels safe and I, I i respect that like you know i i, I talked to my buddy dan uh, from warren uh, uh yesterday and um he was telling me about how he doesn't feel safe and uh and I, I respect that that's cool like you don't feel feel safe like i'm not gonna look down on you i i totally get it right well and a lot of it too is like i mean whether the individual feels safe or not it's like this is just more of a reason to push to get fucking vaccinated like it's it's free it's open to everybody mm-hmm. i understand that there's some reservations because of you know some news or whatever blood clots but 
I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Like what's the problem with getting vaccinated? <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't get it. They don't want the 5g Fleming. Dude. It's so <laughs> insane to me. Yeah. Like, uh, no, honestly, I, I'm with you, right? I'm, I'm with you when you start talking vaccines and then like these like conspiracy nuts, like I love conspiracy theories. They're fun. But when they start, you know, coming out with like, you know, being microchipped and um, it's just so strange because I'm like, okay, like, let's put a little more trust into science. Like this is like, this is just trying to help us beat this thing. Right. Like we all talk about how we hate these masks, but it's just like you kind of being, and I hate saying the word like compliant, but like, you're just not really kind of um, wanting to you know take the steps to um, make this whole world better. It's like, we're just kind of like, you know, stuck. Right. So, well, and like, okay, let's say, let's say it's absolutely true. <laughs> let's okay. say we're all microchipped. Okay. Like, and I was the sole person who didn't like, what am I supposed to like fight against like the world uprising? <laughs> like, no, like I'm not going to fucking do that. Like I, I if I'm going to get chipped and I'm going to be controlled, then I, I'm not, whatever. I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> it's yeah. so, and like, dude, th- I don't know. If you have a cell phone, you're being tracked, get over it. Right. 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 It, it's, it's a really silly thing. Um, and it, dude, I, I hate conspiracy theory. I think it's, I, it's obviously pretty interesting and it's mm-hmm. like, it's exciting because you know it brings like a fun story to our existence and helps rationalize it with like a little bit more detail mm. I, f- I feel but man that stuff is so dangerous to people <laughs> dude i get lost on youtube man like i, I <laughs> i'm such a sucker for like the moon landing i'm just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like what's, dude what's impressive about all that shit is that somehow like there's been enough conspiracy theorists to find YouTube and to like contribute that like you can link the moon landing to the queen of England, to the crypto coin, you know, like mm-hmm. to like all of this yeah. shit and it all works. And you're like, dude, what? It's, it's, it's insane. But I, I wish, I, I wish, okay, I'll sell my soul uh, to the CIA, to whoever, if I can just, yeah, if, if they can give me like, you know, like, all right, Jamie, We'll answer. We'll give you the truth about one conspiracy theory, and then you're you're ours forever. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's do it. I'm I'm good. Let me figure it. Just let me get the truth on this one thing. What would it be? What would it be for you? The moon. The moon. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we have enough technology to kind of like assume that it was. You know, we have stuff up there now. Do we? I think. <laughs> I hate this. God damn it. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. What is one conspiracy theory that I would need to know? Okay. I'm curious. I think. I think the. Like, I, I would need to know if the whole, like, bohemian grove pizzagate thing like if if that's real like i need to know like is there really a system of like cannibalistic pedophiles that run the fucking country like is that for real tell me please honestly i feel like that one's pretty obvious fleming (laughs) (sighs) you know what you never know okay um what was I, I was uh, Jeffrey Epstein? I always forget his name when I want to talk about him. Which uh, is it's like this weird block that the government's putting in my brain with the five G. Every time I try to talk about Epstein, we got through that time. Um, yeah, when, when I started thinking about like yeah, like Epstein and like that uh, that was it like Cosmic Gate Pizza in like DC. 
Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of strange stuff, man. But yeah, it's just like, uh, I yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like that could that be true? <laughs> My brother does a really good job of rationalizing it, and uh, it's this thing where it's like, dude, the the very wealthy. There's a uh, not that many of them. They probably all are in the same circles, and whether they do heinous shit together is just something you'll never know. But like everyone going to the same schools or having the same places to frequent, like not totally out out of the norm it, it's like based on like i don't know like we gather a program in these places because we all like hardcore so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like so all these know. pedophiles who like fucking kids get together <laughs> with jeffrey epstein on his island see there's there's uh connections to it oh man yeah see there's just so many dark secrets to the world and maybe we're just better off not knowing because the worst and the most accessible ones that I'm surprised are never really brought up as much are like everything that we've done to South America with like the coups and like it's all like fact. <laughs> it's come out. Mm-hmm. They're like real like US documents, like just kind of outlining our horrible fucking policy. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Um I'm not like super well versed in like politics, but when I watch that show uh, House of Cards. I'm just like, dude, that scares me. Dude, I know it sucks that Kevin Spacey is such a piece of shit. Dude, it's, yeah, it's painful. But you know what's even crazier is like uh, when he uh, uh, he allegedly got like one of those uh, uh, was it with the witness or one of the jurors like murdered that was going to testify against him. Was a witness? Oh, in in the show? No, no, in real life. No, wait, what? Yeah. Yo. Now I'm Googling this and it's going to get, I'm getting put on another list. I'm on so many lists. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So one of, um, uh, one of Kevin Spacey's uh, sexual assault accuser dies before trial by suicide, suicide, quote unquote. No fucking way. How, how does that do that? So that I feel like that's just too much of a coincidence to happen. Right. Oh my God. That's nuts. And just like, yeah. dude, He's playing into that role, right? That Frank Underwood role. He's out there really murking fools, which is scary. Yeah, talk about method acting. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. That's insane. God, man, that he plays that character so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so conflicting. Yeah, no, it, it is rough. Obviously, I'm what um, he was accused of. And like, I, and I, I, I knew this is, I, I actually talked about this recently, but like, I didn't, I wasn't like following it super closely because I'm not like a Kevin Spacey super fan, but mm-hmm. he made that show. So when they killed off his character, that show was done for. Everybody in that show wasn't going to last. Right. Well, and like when you have such a a person tied to something and it goes down, it's kind of like it's all associated with that. So like how do you continue? You know, it's pretty tough. Yeah, it was just a just a sinking ship. Um, and, and it sucks because, uh, you know, these people get into you know positions of power and um, you see how like, you know, corrupt and nasty, like, you know, humans can really get oh absolutely and it's so not far-fetched to think that that's how a lot of these things operate you know mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's just kind of like all right well it's i i just never want to get sucked into it obviously i'm not like going to ever be an actor or get into that that space but just hearing so many dirty things you know from people who i'm a fan of who are involved or who dodge those bullets it's it's always just weird to think about yeah, it's it's a dangerous place for people that are so hopeful and trying to, you know, really do something. It's, it's fucking it's gross. Well, it's just like they're complying with Hollywood, just like we got to comply with the vaccine. 
for success. Right. No, I mean, it's true. It's like you're pigeonholed into these like tough decisions that you have to kind of like either, I don't know. It's nice to see that there's more open platform for like people to not be so fucking creepy, you know, Mm -hmm. like people are taking it seriously and they're, you know, standing up for victims and these kinds of spaces, like even in the hardcore scene, you know, when a lot of fucking nasty shit kind of got out. Somebody, so, somebody just asked me. They're like, "Hey, did you, um, did you read that, uh, that uh, straight edge vegan, um, uh, sexual assault list that got put out?" I'm like, "What are you? I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't really follow that stuff." But I'm like, "Why does it have to be like a specific straight edge vegan sexual assault list? Couldn't it just be straight up just sexual assault? Like, that's weird yeah, that they're outing like these like specific like straight edge vegan dudes." When it's just like, in my eyes, like, you know, uh, sexual assaults, that's all just bad, you know. Oh, that hurts my brain. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. like, I don't know. I And luckily for me, I'm, I am i don't like, like, I'm not super social. So I'm not like in all these different circles of like friend groups. So like that just missed my radar. Yeah. I did not know that existed. <laughs> that's pretty fucking. Yeah. Uh... But also, I love that I can lay my head at night knowing that I'll never be on a list like that right that's yeah it's pretty easy to not like be a fucking creep and force yourself on people or you know be out outgoingly fucking racist or you know mm-hmm. like it, these things are easy to avoid and yeah i don't know and it, it just kind of makes it always just makes me scratch my head like why like how are these people brought up or like what made them think that it was okay to do that kind of stuff you know mm. Well, it's interesting to see it in our circle because this scene is kind of unique in how like it it makes like a lot of it, it makes everyone a part of the scene to like an extent that like you don't find in like pop music or like like other cultures. So like everyone has like an equal equal say for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to see a scene that kind of like polices itself to an extent. I mean, obviously, it, it can go over the rails and, you know, one way or another, but um, off the rails or whatever. But yeah, it, it's it, it kind of makes me think like this exists everywhere, obviously. <laughs> and it, sure. it's interesting to see how much of it is just in this one pocket of culture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting texts from people like you better stop being friends with so-and-so. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not even friends with that person. Like, why would you even assume that I'm friends with this person? Like, you know, I'm getting, you know, uh, uh, people like telling me to like rethink like my friendships. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not, I don't even know that person. Like why? It was just so strange to me that I got roped into like these people, like trying to get me to not be friends with somebody that I'm not even friends with. Well, someone, I heard this on like a comedy podcast where they're talking about like shooting on movies and stuff mm-hmm. and like how like, and I I think this applies to touring like pretty well. Like you come into contact with a lot of people and like, obviously you build some really strong friendships with certain, but a lot of it's like summer camp. Like you go, you have like a fun time. You have this really intense relationship because you're all together. You're all really close. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to school, you know, like you don't see those people for forever. So it's it was interesting to see like these relationships and these people exposed and just all this shit exploded with, you know, people that you met along the way. And it's kind of like you're in this position where like, dude, I just fucking like I, I met that guy, you know, once, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like. It's an acquaintance kind of a thing. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I'd, I'd like to think of it as like all these kids on summer camp that you met are really shitty because you don't fucking know them. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's I don't know. It was really eye opening. Yeah, no, for sure. Kind of scary. 
I, I just, uh, you know, over the, was it like last summer when there was like, you know, dudes getting called out um, left and right, um, you know, f- from all sorts of different types of like bands or areas. I, I just, you know, hope, you know, going forward that, uh, you know, obviously people who are aware of those situations can actually hold their, you know, friends or, um, you know, peers uh, more, more accountable sooner. So it, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they can't hurt multiple people. If that makes sense, and I, I'm, you know, granted, not everyone wants to come forward right away, but I just hope that, you know, with those things happening, with people getting outed, that um, we get to a point where those things aren't as prominent, where we're not getting, you know, um, you know, these marathon lists of people, you know, and the bad things that they've done. I hope we get to a point where it's just like, yeah, like that's never cool, and I hope that just becomes like way more recognized by people in the scene. Right. And I think there's hope for it. Like, I don't, I've noticed that a lot of younger kids are like so much more thoughtful and like nice to each other in a weird way. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but like, I've like during the pandemic, I've tried to get back on my skateboard and like go to skate parks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. When I was like a teenager, kids were fucking assholes. (laughs) You know, everyone's fucking mean, but kids are so like uplifting and like they're trying to like help and be nice. So I, I don't know. I'm hoping that generational shifts kind of push everyone in a more open and honest and like nice direction rather than, you know, aggressive, creepy, you know, bullshit. True. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping so too, man. Cause with the amount of, um, you know, access to knowledge and being able to hear people's stories or just connect with people, you know, so much more easy versus, um, you know, back in the day, um, I, I'm hoping people are able to have like a, like a shift and be like more open-minded to just, to just everything. Right. Yeah. If it's available to you, then you know it, you know, it's a part of your, it's a part of your life from a young age, which is important. True. Well, damn plumbing. This has been awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we, we've never had like a real conversation before this and this is like exceeded my expectations. Like I love talking to you. So thank you. It's so easy to talk with you. It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. Before we go, um, is there, sure. um, is there anything else you want to say or shout out before we sign off? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, thank you, Jamie, for having me. First of all, this is fucking cool. Um, also, Thank you to anybody who's listened to From the Leaves. It is a still really surreal experience <laughs> to have that record out. Also, um, listen uh, to all of our friends. I, I can't. I can't list it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I got nothing to plug. <laughs> for sure, it's all good. Well, seriously, thank you, Fleming, for your time. I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you for everybody who's um, tuning in. We really appreciate you, and we'll be back soon. 